Welcome to the Hidden Why Podcast, episode 1049, my interview with John Lukens, and we're discussing his favorite topic, brain immunology. Enjoy. Hey, John, welcome to the Hidden Why Podcast. Great to have you here today. Yeah, great to be here. Thanks for having me. All the way from, whereabouts are you? Uh, University of Virginia, um, which is in Charlottesville, Virginia. Yeah, about 8.30 in the evening there, huh? Yep. Nice. And how's your day? Been busy, I imagine. Yeah, busy day. Busy day. So, so Matt, you've, you're obviously doing a lot of things there at the moment, but um, for those listening out there, give us a little brief as to who you are and what you do. Yeah, so I, I'm an associate professor in the Department of Neuroscience at University of Virginia, and we're broadly interested in how the immune system um, so this is the, the system in our body that protects us against infections and also helps to make sure that our tissues heal after injuries and also helps to remove potentially dangerous substances like protein aggregates in the case of Alzheimer's disease. Anything involving that, that immune response that's generated and how it affects our brain. Um, so we look at it both in the case of how it helps to regulate a healthy brain function and then also yep. when it goes wrong how how it causes disease okay that's pretty high-tech sort of stuff so you're a neuroscientist yeah that's kind of funny um i'm actually i'm in a neuroscience department and they pay the right. bills but i'm an <laughs> immunologist by training um oh. the the um center that they developed here is kind of unique in that they brought together neuroscientists and immunologists and all put them in the same area of, of the building and we share equipment and everything to really force interaction and collaboration and kind of helps to check, create some checks and balances to make sure that both, you know, sizes, this interdisciplinary research is, is, has, you know, vigorous, rigorous um, components to it. Can you explain for us the, um, the key differences there between immunologists and neuroscientists? Yeah, so uh, so immunology in in a lot of ways um, is I mean it's it, it's there's different cell types, there's different signaling pathways. Mm -hmm. um, there's a there's a there's a focus on um, the the mounting of the immune response, whereas in the nervous system and neurology, there you know there predominantly for at least for decades there's been most of the emphasis on how do neurons work? How do they store our memories? How do they regulate our movements? How are they um, contributing to our emotions? Um, and it was thought, you know, for decades that they, the immune system and the nervous system were completely separated and there wasn't very much interaction, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and when, when there did, when the thought was when there is interaction or the immune system does get interact activated in the brain, um, that that would have damaging consequences. Um, so that's, you know, over the last, you know, five to 15 years, we've figured out that's, that's not necessarily the case all the time. Right. So why has this, you know, this connection between the two come apparent and more, I guess, relevant, like your field of work now, which you call like brain immunology, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Has that come about because of Alzheimer's and things like that more so that we've realized there's the connection or? 
Yeah, no, it's it's been there's been a couple factors that have led to it. Um, the one is, you know, we've gotten so much better at screening for, for mutations in, in people and um, understanding, you know, the genetic components of diseases. And if you take Alzheimer's disease as a as an example, um, within the last 10 years or so, we've, we've come to know that many of the, the genes that have risk factors for AD are associated with um, and the immune cell of the brain, which is the microglia. Um, and this was missed leading up to this because we just didn't have that depth of understanding. Um, and another big reason why there's this interface now <clears throat> is um, we did think that, so most organs in our body have these draining, um, these, these draining pathways that basically take things from that organ and and present them to the immune response so they can become activated or not. And it was generally thought uh, that <clears throat> the brain didn't have these lymphatic draining vessels. Um, and as a result, it was kind of cut off from the immune system. And uh, I think it was six or seven years ago, they actually discovered that the brain does have these lymphatic draining vessels. And there could be this communication with which kind of like the epicenter of the immune response. Um, and the reason that we missed it for so many years is it sits right above the brain, right under the skull. And, and most of the times when we were doing autopsies or any kind of, um, you know, high tech imaging um, to look for them, you know, people were just pulling off the skull and throwing it away um, in the trash. And it wasn't, it wasn't until uh, Yoni Kipnis and, and others um, discovered that they were there that kind of like, revolutionized uh, the idea of this. What is this draining system you're talking about? Like, yeah, what does that look like? Lymph- I mean, I'm just trying to visualize something like that, but it, sorry. Yeah. Sagan. So, it, yeah, so they're, they're vessels kind of like our blood vessels, um, right. but they're different kind of vessels and, and they're hooked up to all of our organs and most organs will drain to, to one area known as a lymph node. And that's where a lot of your immune cells kind of hang out. Um, and, you know, they're basically surveying for different antigens or different things that would activate the immune system. Um, so the purpose so of that lymphatic system is to, what, detect things that are good and bad? Yeah. Yeah. So it, it, it's really surveying what what's going on in that organ, um, you know, and, and providing a little bit of a separation, um, to ensure that if you do trigger the immune response that it, you know, it was going to be for, for the right reason. Um, and then, you know, those immune cells can traffic into that organ, um, now that they know something is happening there. Um, and, um, you know, they've they've had that. Yeah. And so the brain has a similar thing. Yeah, and we just um, overlooked it for, you know. So when was this discovered? Yeah, I think it was 2015 or 2016. It was discovered by by two two groups. So the first person that published it was Yoni Kipnis. He made the discovery here at University of Virginia. And then there was another group in Scandinavia that followed up. And it's become a really hot area, an active area. Um, it's, it's been shown that with aging, this, this drainage pathway deteriorates pretty quickly. And, and it looks like 
that that impairment in its drainage pathway causes the buildup of things that that lead to dementia and and neuronal loss of things like amyloid beta and tauopathy um so <clears throat> we've shown that in brain injury even mild head injuries can mess up this drainage pathway and cause inflammation due to the buildup of neurotoxic or things that neurons don't like and cause an unhealthy environment is that only the brain lymphatic sort of system then is do you call it a lymphatic system in the brain or yeah you um it's yeah so there's one for the spinal cord too um and and the spine the spinal cord uh one you know obviously is involved in everything from spinal cord injury to um nobody uh, there hasn't been any work with it in als but that would be a really cool future area of of study okay Um, yeah. So you call the, the, some people call it the CNS lymphatics or the central nervous system lymphatics. So the CNS includes both the brain and the spinal cord. If you're talking about the brain lymphatics, um, uh, it, some people refer to them either as the meningeal or the dural lymphatics. Cause that's, that's that thin little membranous, um, layer right on the skull where they, where they live. Wow. Okay. So yeah. when you're talking about immunology and the study there, you're talking about, I mean, your study, is it looking at how to improve our immune system to therefore fight long-term deterioration and things like that so we can protect, better protect ourselves? Or Yeah, it's it's kind of figuring out how we can harness the immune system to, to potentially, you know, ward off or potentially make the brain environment healthier, Um you know, and we do that by trying to boost this lymphatic drainage. And that's, that's more at a, a kind of a systems level. Um, at, at what do you mean by like boost cellular. the lymphatic system? So there are um, some growth factors that, that we and others are using um, that cause the lymphatics to grow in diameter and size. So in the instance of aging, when for whatever reason, we don't understand why they kind of fall off the cliff and become unfunctional, but we can actually boost those lymphatics by we inject this growth factor into that area. The lymphatic is like almost like a plumber coming in and, you know, if there's a kink in a pipe and, you know, you're not getting as much fluid going through, they put in almost new pipe around it to open that hole up more so things can flow better. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, it's, 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 Oh, sorry. I was just going to say it's, it's interesting too, because typically brain tumors are really hard to, to treat. Um, and part of the reason is, you know, we can't, we can't really trigger the immune system. Um, and there was a, a group, um, out of Yale that showed that if you, if you boost the, the lymphatic drainage and you enhance this communication between the brain and the immune system, that some of those <coughs> cancer therapies that, that exist that target the immune system become, much more potent right um yeah so what about in reverse as far as you know looking after our organs or our brain what can we do in Mm -hmm. that sense to help that lymphatic system or drainage yeah so the the big ones appear to be um a big environmental risk factor for deterioration of the function of this drainage pathway is brain injury. 
So that's, that's work that we're doing. And, you know, even a mild head injury can, uh. can cause uh, a long lasting impact on the strange function. Um, the other, the other thing is sleep appears to disrupt this drainage pathway. So if you have fragmented sleep, um, you, you can, um, have issues there. Um, we're, we're still kind of learning all, all of the conditions that impacted in a good and bad way. Um, right. you know, it's with, you know, only been a discovery within the last five or six years. Um, yeah. but in head injury and sleep appear to be, uh, two, um, things that can really impinge on its function. So no high impact sports then not a good idea. And, um, everyone's telling us right now to get better rest. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, um, yeah, I guess with, you know, the, you know, the head injury and avoiding, um, some sports, I mean, you know, it would be right now. It's so arbitrary when we tell people they can go back and play football, um, um, soccer, whatever you you want to call it, or you know, hockey or whatever. But yeah. it would be it would be good if you know we could do some functional studies and say like, okay, your lymphatics have recovered. It's good for it's, you know you're healthy to go back, as opposed to just you know, kind of blindly you know telling them you know, you know, it's been a couple of days, you can get back out there. How do you, how would you measure something like that? I mean, can we do it for any of the other organs and measuring the, the, the quality of our lymphatic system? Yeah. The, um, so there, there's a couple of things. So um, there's been some imaging where you can kind of look for morphological changes in, in the, that structure. Um, and that, that's, not perfect, um, but it does give you insight into functionality. Um, and then the other option is you can inject tracer um, into what's called the cerebral spinal fluid. So this is the fluid that kind of like circulates our brain and drains out of this yeah. this lymphatic vessel. And you can you can you can inject it um, in there. You know when you get a spinal tap, you, you're accessing <clears throat> the, the 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 CSF. And then what you can do is you can do an aspirate, so a little pull, a little bit from your lymph nodes that drain the brain, um, and you can just ask how much of that tracer that you'd originally put in can you pull back and and pull out, um, and that that gives you some insight into the functionality and efficacy of the the lymphatics. Um, these are still early technologies. There's probably other technologies out there that people are working on, but yeah, I think. I think if it became part of general screening, it could be really valuable, um, mm -hmm. both for aging and, you know, other neurodegenerative diseases. So what is, what is the Lucan's laboratory? Um, that's the project, um, that you've set up, is it? Yeah. So we're, we're, we're looking at the lymphatic drainage, um, post traumatic brain injury. So um, of the brain. Yeah. Mm -hmm. In particular. Okay. Yep. Sorry. Yeah, and then um, so we're we're trying to rescue the the head trauma induced alterations in in this drainage pathway, um, and and what we what we showed is if you have a mild head injury, the lymphatics are functionally disrupted for at least two months post injury, um, and then using some some tricks, what what we asked is okay, 
what happens if you have a pre-existing impairment in a strange pathway and then you get a hit to the head? Um, so we were able to do that experimentally to induce a functional impairment and then we hit them. Um, and what we found is when you have this pre-existing impairment, it results in much more inflammation, much more loss of, of tissue um, and cognitive issues. And that, that kind of gives us some insight of why like repetitive head injury is so bad. If you, if you get hit again and, and your lymphatics haven't rebounded, that would, um, that would be problematic. And then the other component that we, you know, focused on is, as I mentioned before, aging, you have this massive deterioration of your lymphatic drainage. And, um, what we were able to show is <clears throat> if you boost that uh, drainage function before, an injury occurs in the elderly, you can make their recovery um, almost like a young person. Um, so it, it definitely um, could could be explaining why head injuries in the elderly are, are so devastating. Right. So where do you hope, I mean, the, through this research you're doing, um, what are you guys ultimately hoping to achieve? Uh, I mean, our dream would be to to figure out strategies to to help people that are suffering from, you know, head injuries and concussions, and um, you know, it's such a misunderstood um, brain issue, um, but it can have seriously impact people's lives. I mean, we think of uh, CTE, which has you know been in the media quite a bit with professional athletes. What's CT? Um, the, yeah, CTE. Um, and this is this is when you have a lot of tau pathology developing in your brain. Um, there's a bunch of famous American football players that that have succumbed to it um, in in I guess the media. And <clears throat> there's there's actually evidence that it's occurring in in uh, soccer uh, or football players too. Um, but you know, is this a to that, brain injury? Is it? Yeah, it's a, it's a kind of a it's it's not an acute thing. It develops over time, right. um, and it causes everything from you know personality changes to risk taking to um, all, all all types of psychoses that you know are pretty can be pretty devastating and scary. Hmm. Yeah, what. What discoveries have you got? Have you guys made um, that I guess you could share with us to make us think about how we live our day to day lives? Are there any things along those lines? In in terms of the traumatic brain injury front, or, or well, just in regards, well, in, in in your field of work, in regards to our immune system and neurology, neurology, are there any things we can particularly do or learn from what you've you've found in our in day to day lives? I mean, you sort of touched on sleep um, before and, um, yeah. you know, things like that. Yeah. So, I mean, an another big component of our lab is also looking at the microbiome. So the, okay. the, all, all the organisms that live in our gut and other, our skin. And um, we, we actually showed, so we, another component of our lab is looking at inflammation during pregnancy and how that inflammation <clears throat> alters the developing brain. And, um, you know, there's been multiple labs in, in addition to ours showing that <clears throat> if 
if you get above a certain threshold in immune activation during pregnancy, that that can alter the developing fetus brain. And at least in experimental mouse models, they have autistic-like behaviors. Um, and what, what we showed is if you can modulate the the maternal microbiome, it can it can change that immune response that happens. In in our case, we were looking at it in in terms of a viral infection induced immune response. Um, so we, we, you know, another thing that, you know, you could think about as a, as a way to, you know, shape the impact, um, on your human health could be targeting the microbiome. And it's interesting. Um, there's been other studies within our field showing that, uh, the microbiome plays a role in Parkinson's disease. Um, um, and, and this has been a theory that, hmm. yeah, been around for a long, long time. But so, so um, thinking of, as gut health, and you know the the major, it's in, it's interesting. Our guts are kind of our barometers for how how we're living. Whether that's the food that we're putting in our bodies that that can you know change your gut flora your in a matter of, of days pretty pretty strongly. Things like stress. Yeah. Um, and um, that that your your gut and the microbiome there is is really educating your immune system and calibrating it. Um, so you know, thinking in those lines too could could you know impact and, very. It'd be also affecting the immune system. So if you've got a a poor um, gut microbiome, then your immune system is going to weaken, will it? I mean, yeah, yeah, or be inflammatory or right. just dysfunctional shall we say mm-hmm. yeah it's it, it's 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 kind of um so you can do these studies where you either have a mouse that doesn't have any microbiome or you have they call it a wildling so this is a, a mouse from the environment um you know that that lives outside same genetic background the only thing different is the microbiome and um you know you you induce say like a viral infection um, in both of those mice, the, the, the mouse that, that doesn't have a microbiome, the immune system just goes crazy because it's never learned how to put the brakes on to turn it off. And you get a lot of, um, morbidity and mortality with that. Whereas, you know, the, the wildling that has had this education, this calibration of the immune system knows how to turn it on and off efficiently, um, you know, you wouldn't even know they were infected. Mm. It's interesting. Yeah. Isn't it? So what yeah. from that study, I mean, maybe you don't go into it at this level, but what, how do we influence that gut microbiome as far as making it better other than knowing a good, healthy diet, you know, things like that. But do you yeah. look into that side of yeah. thing? Or? Yeah. That's kind of like the million dollar question, right? It's like, um, we like big picture. We know that composition um, can have um, an impact, but you know, there's you know trillions of bugs in there, and each bug is making different metabolites. And um, so, you know, what what a lot of people are trying to do is is trying to find what specific bugs um, can, bugs. can yeah can confer that that effect on your immune system or what they're making the actual metabolite, um, that they make that, that kind of alters the immune system. And, um, you know, 
you, you almost have to think of it as personal med- personalized medicine because everybody, you know, has different guts and, um, you know, microbiomes and, and, um, you know, it, you know, we could get to a point where it would be different in, in different people. Um, you know, how we try to help with whatever disease that they do have. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's all, uh, all connecting anyway, all these fields of, uh, of research by the sounds of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it's kind of, it's kind of fun in that sense where, you know, at, at least in the, um, you know, this, this new ideas of the immune system and the gut microbiome influencing brain health is, you know, it hasn't been around, around that long. And it's kind of cool um, going to these meetings and seeing people from microbiology that, you know, think about different bacteria that live in our guts, you know, and hardcore immunologists. And then, you know, people that, you know, are interested in how neurons work all kind of come together to tackle the problems. Um, mm. yeah. So, um, brain health, pretty important sort of, uh, topic nowadays, mm-hmm. it seems, and it seems like, um, everyone's on this anti-aging mission and, <laughs> and, um, certainly it seems as we get older, our brain starts to become a, a bit more of a problem. Yeah. 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 And, um, we don't have a good handle on that, at least in terms of how the brain works um, and how the brain ages. Um, it's it's quite clear that you get more and more immune activation as you do age. Um, but yeah, it's um, yeah, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. I think there's a lot of room for improvement in terms of how we can help people. It's um, we don't have very many drugs to treat neurological diseases, um, multiple sclerosis we do, and that targets the immune system. There's a couple others, but if you're diagnosed with Parkinson's, Alzheimer's disease, ALS, you're, you know, you'll be given treatments, but they're not really targeting what's causing the disease. So mm-hmm. I think there's a real dire need to, to, to get at this uh, sooner rather than later. Yeah. Um, especially as, as we live longer and you haven't progressed there. Yeah. And your, in your research seems like it's having some, some level of progress. Yeah. Yeah. I think in the field, I, I think there's been, I think one of the, the big steps forward for the field has been accepting the idea that the immune system is, is involved in almost every neurological disorder. And the immune system is a little bit easier to target than say a neuron Neur- neurons, you know, they're post mitotic, which means unlike uh, many other cells in our bodies, when you lose them, they don't return. You don't have a new one coming in to replace it. Um, the, the <clears throat> immune system is, it regenerates uh, over a couple days. So, you know, you can, um, you have a little bit more flexibility there. It's easier to get to, too, in the sense that our, our brains have these like kind of fortresses around them called the blood brain barrier. And it's, tough to get things through that so some of the drugs that we have you know are just kind of stop there um you know in the in the in the in the circulation where where our immune cells live it's a lot easier to to target them yeah yeah interesting so how can people find out more about your work there yeah so um we, we have a lab website um 
Um, it's uh, www.lukenslab.com, I believe. Um, yeah. I'm also so, I'm also on. Whoops, sorry you sorry about that. No, no, you go. You're on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. I'm so so I'm on Twitter, um, and I I try to post papers quite often, and um, you know, there's a lot of a good science content coming out on Twitter. Um, it's, I think it's pretty, pretty fun to see people engage both in the community, uh, like in the research community, but also in the public with, with some of those stories that come out. Yeah. Well, as I said to you post interview, it's, it's kind of over my head. So having these sort of conversations at least to build some awareness around it and, and a yeah. bit more understanding too. Um, yeah. How everything's connected. Yeah. I think to, you know, to give people some hope, I mean, I can draw like a couple parallels to, yeah. to things that have happened in the past. So 20 years ago, when I started grad school, there was this whole idea of like cancer immunology, like how can we harness the immune system to, to fight cancer in our own bodies? And this was like a crazy idea at the time. Nobody, you know, you'd go to a cancer meeting and there would be these cancer immunology talks and nobody would go to them. Immunology, the same thing. It was just kind of like this, uh, this bastard field for a long time. And then, you know, was, there were a lot of people that kept on pushing it. And I guess within the last couple of years, we have drugs, you know, new lines of cancer drugs um, that, that boost the immune system and that are, you know, saving people's lives. And, you know, some of the, some of the first people that pioneered that won Nobel prizes. So, you know, while, while, you know, I'm sure and I'm frustrated too, that we don't have, treatments for a lot of these neurological diseases i think there's a lot to be hopeful for because you know things like the immune system and the microbiome now has a seat at the table um it's going to take some time um but um i think i know i think people should be hopeful um because it's kind of been not studied in, in the realm of a lot of neurological diseases until recently so but you look at you look at ways you can boost that immune system, right? With certain drugs, I suppose. Mm-hmm. But I mean, are we also looking at the field of how we can naturally boost our immune system through, you know, better sleep and routines and things like that? I mean, that's got yeah. all that study, doesn't it? Because if you can boost your immune system naturally and have a stronger immune system, obviously that's going to fight off yeah. disease and aging. Yeah, yeah, and and that's probably a safer way. Of, um, you know. It's, the microbiome is is a very safe way to for a mother that's pregnant to to limit their inflammation, um, you know. And um, I, I, there is quite a bit of evidence <clears throat> that things like exercise will change your microbiome. Um, nobody's done the studies yet, but you know, looking at how exercises affects brain lymphatic function, I think would be a really interesting study. Um, and then exercise has a, a really strong impact on the immune system too. So, mm. um, yeah. Lots of different areas to go into there. That sounds it. Yeah. Yeah. Mate, um, thanks for coming on today. It's certainly oh, yeah. uh, evening there now. I can see that the, it's gone from light to dark out your window. And <laughs> um, No, but we appreciate your time coming on. Thanks for sharing. Yeah, definitely. Anytime. I had a fun time. I had a blast. Thank you. I'll stick the link in the show notes, guys, so you can check out the Lucan's Laboratory there at thehiddenwire.com. And until next time, peace, passion, and purpose. See you soon.
Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed what you heard. I hope you love what you're hearing. If you like this episode, guys, or any of the episodes that you're listening to here at The Hidden Why, please do me a favor by sharing it. You can share it with your families. You can share it with your loved ones. You can do that by using your favorite social media channels using the icons on the platform that you're listening to The Hidden Why podcast. Also, guys, if you're a fan of the show, please connect with me. Connect with me at thehiddenwide.com. I love to hear from you. I love to converse with the people that listen to this show to find out what they enjoy, what they don't enjoy, and perhaps if they have any questions or feedback for the show as well. You can stay up to date with all that I'm releasing here, guys. I do a solo show every Monday, a three-minute thought every Thursday. I do two interviews a week on a Wednesday and a Saturday, and a book review every Friday. You can stay up to date with all that by subscribing to my newsletter at thehiddenwide.com. Just enter your email address there, and also subscribing to the podcast on the platform that you choose to listen to your podcasts. You can also support the show, guys, by using the Amazon links at thehiddenwire.com. So if you like books, you can get all the books that I review there um, and anything else, really, that you like to purchase through Amazon. So use that link. It helps support the show. And we've also got a deal with Audible, guys. Audible is a fantastic way to listen to all your favorite books. We've got a deal with them so you can get two free books when you subscribe or, yeah, subscribe to a 30-day free trial. So check that out, again, at thehiddenwire.com. Guys, that's it from me. You know what to do. Go out there. Breathe more passion into every single moment. Do everything with greater purpose and in doing so you will discover your hidden why this is the hidden why my name is Lee Manutzi until next time peace passion and purpose see you soon